Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now. You've tuned into I Work For Him, the mouthpiece for the faith and work movement. We're your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're excited for you to be with us today, listeners. And I just wanted to, you know, give a kind of a shout out. Maybe you're planning on doing this later, Jim. But um, what the book we're going to talk about today is published by the same book or by the same publisher as our three books. I work for him, she works for him, and I retire for him. And um, so I'm very excited about that. Shout out to Highbridge Books. And I'm just grateful for a place where books are being published that are really speaking into this connection of faith and work. And um, I just wanted to make sure I highlight that and remind you, you can go to our bookstore at iworkforhim.com forward slash bookstore to check out our three books. Rarely do I read a book where I'm so captivated by the stories within. Today is one of those exceptions. Eli Jones just released his book. I should call him Dr. Eli Jones, because when you get one, you need to be called doctor at least once on a show. (laughs) Eli Jones just released his latest book, Run Towards Your Goliaths. This is his story. Well, really the story of his life put in perfect perspective of the years gone by and the lessons learned from incredible people the incredible people God put in his path, and from the opportunities God allowed him to experience. It isn't a story within that, that lacks hurt and pain. There's a little bit of misery and fear thrown in there as well. Eli grew up in the deep south with a mom and dad who loved him, and together they had to grow up facing their giants. But through it all, Eli had to learn to run towards the Goliaths in his life, including being the first in his family ever to get a college degree and eventually a Ph.D., Eli and his wife, Fern, have such a colorful story. I wish we could cover it all, but we're limited on time. But his workplace path took him to the hallowed halls of Texas A&M, where football reigns and God allowed him to be a major influencer for Christ. Eli Jones, welcome to I Work For Him. Oh, thank you both, Jim and Martha. I was looking forward to this, and I'm so glad we had this opportunity to talk. So, Eli, let's just start off with talking about where did you grow up? I uh, was born in Houston, Texas, uh, my wife and I both, and uh, I spent uh, much of my teenage years in a very small town, a uh, population of about 500. Wow, that <laughs> so is small. From a, from a big metro area, Houston, Texas, to a small, small community uh, as a teenager. My dad uh, had a sixth grade education, uh, born in Louisiana, uh, served our country picked up a trade, and then started a dry cleaners when he, when he left the military. And I had a chance to grow up around this incredible entrepreneur who was just gifted with the talents to start a business, run a business successfully, and sell those businesses. And so he, at a very early age, retired, uh, retired at 52 the first time, and bought a 200-acre farm. And he moved us, my, my brother and I, uh, my brother and me, to Somerville, Texas, which is a very small town comparatively. So let's talk about that just a little bit more. Hi, your dad's, you hear dad inf- had incredible influence over your life as yeah. a hardworking entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, uh, I'm blessed because I had an opportunity to, to see a role model, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of taking certain calculated risks. And so you're thinking about being an entrepreneur for those people who are entrepreneurs, you know firsthand 
what it's like to step out on your own, to step out on faith. Uh, and he certainly did. I mean, if you look at his pedigree, he had a lot of strikes against him, but he was very determined and very faithful to move forward. So I had a chance to grow up around that. And that has impacted me in, in very big ways. So I'm, uh, you know, I'm not risk averse. You know, I've had a chance to see what can happen when you start and finish three different businesses. And so uh, I, I actually used what I learned from him in all of my career. So I was in sales at one time. And, uh, you know, it takes a, a level of risk taking to be successful in sales. Yeah. Right. Uh, and in many cases, it is sort of like running your own business. You're building your own accounts. You're building that trust. Uh, in some cases, if you're paid straight commission, you're in your own business. <laughs> There's no question right. about it, right? So I, you know, I stepped into that role, and then later I decided to come back and I moved into academia because I love to write and I love to teach. And that was just perfect for me to to think about this career. But that took some risks. So when I left my career, corporate career in sales and sales management, gave up the big corporate salary to come back and be a graduate student again, that also took some risks. Well, we're going to talk, we're going to talk about that. I don't want you to jump too far ahead because I want to go back to your dad's determinedness, his, his ability to get things done, even when things seemed impossible. And I'm going to jump ahead to a question I told you I'd ask, you know, that story where your your dad was running this dry cleaners and he found a, the, uh, was able to buy or get a really cheap a piece of equipment that he wanted a pressing machine for the dry cleaners, yeah. but he didn't have a trailer or a trailer yeah. hitch, but he had a piece. Well, why don't you tell the story? How did he yeah. get that pressing machine all the way across Houston from yeah. North Houston to South Houston? Yeah, so we had to take the. You know, it was interesting. So I was probably ten years old at this time. What I remember, and you can see the picture of, it's not the exact truck, but it's a replica of that truck uh, that I rode in. And that was my classroom, riding with my dad mm. as he you know, worked around the city. That was really my classroom. Also watching him at a spotting board as he was getting stains out of people's clothes. That was all part of the classroom experience to me. And my dad was a man of few words, so he wouldn't really talk a lot. But I got a chance to observe how he did things. So I had to, an opportunity to observe him negotiating with a, you know, a guy who owned his cleaning business who was going out of business. And my dad decided, well, you know, I want to work out a deal and buy a piece of equipment from you. So we had to pull some of the parts of, you know, apart. We put some pieces in the truck. But what was amazing to me was my dad didn't let any circumstance stop him. He was very resourceful. And that's what you're picking up in the book. Very, very resourceful. So he actually found a, a, you know, a pretty thick piece of plywood, and he tied it to the back of his truck, and we moved parts of that pressing machine across the city of Houston. Now, I had a, someone who actually read drafts of my chapters. And, now, let's see. Houston probably had a different zoning issue right about there. <laughs> so you, you couldn't pull that off today, yeah. but you could back in the, yeah, back in the early 70s, uh, late 60s, he was able to pull that off. And we got the press machine back to his cleaners and put it back to bar, you know, put it back together, I should say. And he used it for many, many years. So I had a chance to watch him negotiate and be that resourceful. You know, I love that. that I love that you said that riding around with your dad was your classroom, because yeah. I think a lot of people, we forget how many people are watching us yeah. and they're learning from our leadership or our determination, Absolutely. like your dad. 
without really a bunch of words that taught in the process. So, so, you know, one of the, that, I know that that just impressed Jim so much because it just, there's so many lessons there about. I've heard the sound of plywood being dragged along (laughs) on a blacktop road. It's an terrible sound. And and you're talking, you did that for 30 or 40 miles. I and, still hear that sound. Oh, I, that was I, so. When I that was, was well over fifty years ago. When I was reading in the book, I was hearing the sound. Was, yeah, yeah. And like you said, Jim, when you did the introduction, you know, the, your book um, "Run Towards Your jo- Your Goliaths" is yeah. filled with stories that help people to really get a capture yeah. of what's going on. So let's just talk real quick how you got your degree at Texas A and M because. I'm guessing from your vantage point at that it might have felt like that would have been a near impossible goal. Oh, it was. Yeah. So, you know, I'm a first gen. Uh, that in itself is a Goliath to many. It's a giant for many to yeah. adjust. You know, and I, um, the good news is I'm in the academic environment and I'm around, you know, a lot of first gens. In mm-hmm. fact, 25% of our enrollment is first gen. And I love talking to first gens because I get it. You know, if you're the first in your family to go to college, you know, many times your loving family, they really don't know how to help you, your mm-hmm. family members, right? There's not an experience that they can relate to, right? And so uh, I was real fortunate because I was able to start at a big university mm-hmm. uh, and navigate the campus and just kept going. I, you know, I had, I have a chance to talk to undergraduate students and graduate students now. And many times when you think about it, students come in and they want to declare a major very, very early on. In fact, society today is really pushing students to declare early. What is it you're going to major in? You know, I take a different point of view on this. And I, you know, I, I have four adult children and, uh, and I tell parents now, you know, I think it's good for, for students to explore. I mean, this is the one opportunity in a lifetime where students can just take a a good sampling of what they could be doing. And that was my path, you know, because of my entrepreneurial background. You know, my mom was our bookkeeper, right? Mm -hmm. And so I thought, this is a funny story, because I ended up being the dean of the very business school I graduated from. And, And so, you know, in our business school, we have accounting, finance, information systems, management, and marketing. Those are our key disciplines. Well, because of my background watching my mom, when I thought about going into business, the only thing I could relate to was accounting because I saw my mom doing bookkeeping work, right? And so later on, I, uh, I told the department head of our accounting department, I was a, an accounting major for one solid half of a semester. <laughs> That's <laughs> one all it solid takes. Half. <laughs> you either in or you're out. You, you know I that. <laughs> I decided that wasn't for me, but at least I had a chance to explore it. And that's why I think it's important for parents to give a little latitude to their students, to to their kids, to let them explore a little bit. So I now have a grandson who's here at A&M. And uh, yeah, he's uh, 18, turning 19 in August. And so I have a chance to tell him about my experience here and navigating the big campus and go and explore. Don't decide just yet, Mm -hmm. because this is a major opportunity to really find your calling while you're here on this campus. And tell them accounting is for very few people. But we need those people. We need accountants. We do, we do. Yeah, that's right. We need accountants. Okay, all right. Let's close out this segment by talking about your mom. Yeah. She was a huge encouragement to you. Talk about her. Oh, 
Yeah. So my mom, I always called her my greatest cheerleader. Uh, so, you know, you read in the book and, and I have a chance to tell you this. So I, I remember speaking of trying to find my way uh, during that time. I remember talking to mom about different things. Well, I'm you know, dropping out of accounting, thinking about going over here. I, now I really love radio, so I might want to do journalism. I went through all of that. And I remember my mom saying to me, and I'll never forget this, it was the way she said it. And I'm not going to be able to do it any justice. But what it was, was she said, you know, baby, you could be a clown. I just want you to be the best clown. Mm. That, you know, that it's funny now when I talk about it. In fact, uh, I had a chance to eulogize my mom uh, years later. So she passed in 2015. And, uh, and I remember saying this to the folks in the audience. I, I collected information from each of my siblings, the four of us. And I asked them, I said, tell me about the biggest impact mom made on you. And so I was able to share with the audience what my siblings said. And then I got to my part. And that what I just shared with you is what I, I remember. And I talked about how the pressure was off of me when she said it. Mm-hmm. It was, baby, do what you feel called to do. All right. Don't put any extra pressure on me. All right. Just be the best at it. Whatever that calling is, be the best at it. Later, my son, who was sitting in the audience, he came back and he said, Dad, I heard you about the clown part. So when you pass, I'm going to be sure you live up to being the clown. I'm going to put those big shoes on. <laughs> oh, God, son. Oh, that's Don't awesome. miss the point. We have that kind of, <laughs> we have that kind of relationship. Yeah, that's great. I think, I, think he got, I think he got the point. I think it's perfect. <laughs> well, all right, you're listening to I Work For Him. With, yeah. you, with Eli Jones, and we're talking today about his book, Run Toward Your Goliath. And we'll be right back with more in just a moment. You know the kind of person that always tells you about the latest trends or the special deals around town? Well, lean in, because here's a message from that kind of person. The Awaken Podcast Network is the place to be. Go to awakenpodcastnetwork.com and unlock God's purpose for your work with help from some friends. You will find a gathering place of podcasts that provide simple tools, faith stories, and conversations that will inspire and equip you to vibrantly live out your faith in your work today. Go ahead, check out awakenpodcastnetwork.com and then be that kind of person and tell a friend. Hey, welcome back to I Work Friends. We're talking with Dr. Eli Jones about his book, Run Towards Your Goliaths, and it's really his story. Check him out online, elijones.com, elijones.com. Eli, why don't you give us just a little bit of a picture of your job journey. What were some of the places God allowed you to work? And, I, and keep this short. We got a lot of stuff to cover, but yeah, what, what, what did, where, where did God send you and how did it work out? Oh, oh that's incredible. I, so I'll try to condense it down to a short story. There's a lot here, of course. We all have our own stories. So I, uh, I started in radio broadcasting. I love being in radio. Um, and I had an opportunity to join a major market station in Houston in my junior and senior years as an undergraduate at Texas A&M University, I commuted uh, 215 miles round trip every weekend. I pulled three radio ships over a two-day weekend, and I would finish off at midnight on Sunday, drive another hour and a half to two home, and I was back in class for an eight o'clock session. <laughs> and I did that for two years. And, uh, you know, I really enjoyed it. And I, the biggest thing that happened to me was I met my wife during that time. And, was she uh, one of we, your fans on the radio? She called in. Don't you, no, no, don't ever say that. Oh. 
She, I tell you what, this is the, I tell you, if we have the time, I'll tell you this real quickly. So her dad was in radio, all right, which is kind of interesting. And we actually had a lot in common. And so her dad being in radio, he saw some things about radio DJs that he didn't care for. He was a general <laughs> manager of a station. And so when my future wife told her dad that she was starting to date a DJ, he was absolutely upset with her. He said, no, no. So I was, you know, I was an undergraduate student putting myself through college, a first gen, and I was commuting back and forth. So she finally got that point across. But at first, she was really adamantly opposed because she grew up hearing a dad saying, don't ever go to a radio station. There's nothing good there for you. And that sort of a thing. Anyway, that, that passed. And so we got married and we got married very early, started having you know, children immediately. And, uh, and then I, I had to grow up. I had to <laughs> tell people I had to get a, a real job. That was a lot of fun. It was. But then I moved into sales. And so I worked at a, a newspaper and sold newspaper ads. I uh, did that. And then I ended up taking a corporate job uh, with Quaker Oats, Nabisco, and Frito-Lay in sales and sales management after getting my MBA. Found my calling during that time. I found that I really enjoyed teaching my salespeople. Now that I got the teaching bug, right? And I had always been very you know, studious, so to speak. So I would read books and I picked up books around sales leadership and motivating salespeople. And I fell in love with the research on how to motivate people to do fill in the blank. And so a lot of the research I do now is motivating salespeople to do fill in the blank. At any rate, I was led to come back to NM, get a PhD, and I started my third career um, in 97. Uh, worked at the University of Houston, went through the whole tenure track process, became a dean at LSU, then was recruited over to Arkansas. And this is the best part. God brought us all the way back home and we've come full circle. I became the dean of the very school I graduated from. It's an incredible testimony. And it's nothing but God to deliver that. It's really rare. Well, let's talk about that. Because in the world of academia, we don't always hear about how God is involved in that. How He's not normally at the center of that. So what has been the path that God has taken you on in that experience? And that influence that he's given you. Yeah, yeah. No, that's very powerful. I'm blessed to be at a university. It is a secular university. Mm -hmm. But if you do a couple of Google searches, you'll find the following. One, we're very involved in the Christian faculty network. In fact, I've spoken to that group many times. Uh, And so we meet regularly. We pray for each other. So, you know, every other Friday, we're on a Zoom call and, and we pray for each other. We talk about each other's lives. So a Christian faculty network, I'm very involved in that. We actually take out advertisements in our school newspaper, and uh, we and that newspaper will list the Christian faculty here on this campus. Wow! Right? The other thing that you can Google that it's really rare, but we have a ministry that was started here at Texas A and M. It's called Breakaway Ministry, and Breakaway meets every Tuesday at eight o'clock. We have a basketball arena, Reed Arena. It seats over 10,000 people. That arena is filled with students interested in Christ. Mm. And it's right here on this secular campus, kind of in the, almost in the middle of the campus. It's a beacon. That's how we as Christian faculty look at it. It's a beacon of hope. We've got students going there, and they're listening to very powerful messages. They're listening to scriptures. 
They're listening to the music ministry. It's very, very powerful. Talk about your the ability for you to live out your faith in your position. Yeah. Dean of the business school, correct? At, at Texas A&M, is that what it is? Yes, that's right. right. Mays right. Business School. Uh-huh. <clears throat> All right. So talk to us about how God has allowed you to live out your faith and be a, a major influencer there on the, the whole campus, but specifically within the dean of business, as the yeah. dean of business. Yeah. So let's start with the role of the dean. So the role of the dean of a college is the chief academic administrator of the college. So I was responsible for the faculty, hiring, retaining, you know, you know, looking at job performance, et cetera, the faculty. I am a faculty, so I'm looking at working with my colleagues. I uh, had department heads and associate deans. I also had the staff members in the college responsible for all of them. And in Mays, at the time I was a dean, we had 6,500 students. So I was responsible for roughly 7,000 lives, mm. 7,000 lives. At any rate, so when, you know, there are times when I was invited to speak to students. We have a lot of different leadership organizations in our college. In fact, some of them are Christian-based in our college. And so I had an opportunity to go speak to those student groups about Christ and about faith. All right. The other part is, and I say this, and I know we know this as believers, many times it's, it's not necessarily what we say, back to what you said, Martha, earlier about the classroom not as much as what you say, it's how you behave, right? It's a witness in the ways that we carry ourselves, and people can sense that, all right? So I don't have to go into a classroom necessarily and bring my Bible and minister to them in that way. What I can do is I can talk about leadership, servant leadership, all right? And I can touch on the principles that we have in our Bible, that will help us be better servant leaders, right? Mm -hmm. And I can finish an entire lecture before you're done. I'll have students coming up asking, are you a Christian? Just by the very thing that I said, by the very ways that I carried myself, they're able to tell. And that part I think is very powerful. I had the same thing with faculty, other faculty, just watching, you know, observing how I behave. You come to my office, I have certain things in my office, my office. If you come to my office, you're going to see certain things in my office that might tell you I'm a Christian, mm-hmm. right? And so when people visit, they see that. And then, as I mentioned, in terms of bringing my faith to work is what we're talking about. Then, you know, I'm part of this very visible Christian faculty network. Mm-hmm. So we, we don't mind bringing our faith to work. Mm-hmm. That's so good and such an encouragement for people that, you know, a lot of times we're afraid of certain institutions because we just don't know. and we mm-hmm. we. The Lord is asking us to live out our faith everywhere we go, everywhere, and you're doing everywhere. it in the position that yes. God has you in. Right. You know, one of the things that I think might seem obvious, but we maybe just need to dig into a little bit is all of these career, this whole career path God has had you on, you have had a faithful wife by yes. your side. Oh, yes, absolutely. And I want to talk about the value of that in mm. the success of your career, because um, it it undoubtedly has played a role. We're, we're giving you oh. a chance to give Fern a, a big time shout out here. That's yeah, 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 that's right. Oh, uh, you know, we just celebrated 39 years of marriage. Awesome. Congratulations. Uh, last month. Thank you. Uh, we've been together for 40. As I mentioned, we met during that time that I was you know, mm-hmm. traveling back and forth to, to Houston as, a, as an undergraduate. And I, I, I couldn't have picked a better spouse. Um, you know, one of the things that uh, we ha- I have in the book, Anchor and Float, by the way, this was a strategy that we developed. 
in that we were so young getting started with a family, you know, quickly four children. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we had to figure things out. So, you know, she became the anchor of our family. So we, we needed to do that, right? And then I floated and I was the one, who, the entrepreneur float, as you see in the book, floated all over the place. I was letting God use me and I was finding my way as I was doing that. But she is the anchor of our family, uh, Fern Walker-Jones. She's also a beautiful singer, by the way. Um, you know, not to self, selflessly or selfishly promote, but if you go to, uh, you can go to Google, you can go to YouTube and type in Fern Walker-Jones and her song, her first song that she released is Dare to Believe, mm. Dare to Believe by Fern Walker-Jones. She's always been the one, you know, I'm, you know, I looked, I like to take risks. We talked about that, yep. you know, yet if I were to look at our five fold spiritual gifts, I'm an apostle, so I like to start movements. I like to start things, all right? She's a prophet, all right? And if you look at, you know, kind of apostles and prophets together, you see that that prophet is really more of an anchor. Right. So she's, she's the realist in my family. I come up with crazy ideas. And still, <laughs> well, Eli, you know you can't do that right now. You need to do these things, right? So yeah. she's been that. And the other part is uh, in all these moves, uh, she's always one who would be, you know, the slowest to respond. So look, I'm looking at this opportunity. I want to go back to school again. I want to go over here now. And she was always the one, and still is, always the one who says, hmm, let's pray about that. <laughs> of let's course. pray about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she always says this, I can say no to you, but I'll always say yes to God. Amen to and that. She, and she waits for for that signal that's inside of me to say, yep, this is this is God working in my life. And she always says yes then. That's awesome. We're talking to Dr. Eli Jones about his book, Run Towards Your Goliaths. Check him out online, elijones.com, elijones.com. We'll be right back. Want to build a profitable side hustle that impacts people with truth and healing in themselves and in their leadership? Then look at becoming a certified leadership coach with Giant. Giant has been in the leadership space for over 13 years and has over 500 coaches in over 127 countries. Their coaches are being hired by Fortune 500 companies and organizations like I Work For Him. Martha and I took the Giant Sherpa training under one of these great coaches to become leaders worth following. Giant gives you everything you need to start your own coaching business from scratch, like hands-on training from top-level coaches, access to an all-in-one online platform to run your entire coaching business, and you get to join a thriving community of coaches around the world. To get started, Giant is hosting a coaching business workshop to help you learn how to build a successful coaching business. This workshop is 100% free, and you can reserve your spot by going to giant.tv forward slash iworkforhim. If you're ready to impact people and get paid to do it, go to giant.tv forward slash I work for him. That's giant.tv forward slash I work for him. Hey, welcome back to I Work For Him. As we're talking with Dr. Eli Jones about his book, Run Towards Your Goliaths, you got to get a copy of this. In fact, I am sure, Dr. Jones, are you willing to give away a copy of this book today on the show? Yep. I will. Absolutely, I'll do it. All right, so yes. call our listener line, 866-713-9675, 866-713-9675. I guarantee you will absolutely love reading this book, be inspired by the journey that Eli went through, because it will encourage you in your own journey. Martha, what were you Yeah, I just want to say, listeners, either mention Eli Jones or just say the word Goliath or something, because 
you know, we are blessed by other authors that give away books. And depending on when people listen to this podcast, we may not know what book you're talking about. So uh, just leave us a message there and I will connect with you. But we are excited to be able to give away a copy of that to one great listener. So Eli, at this point in your career, you are no longer the dean of business at, at Texas A&M. You're still on faculty teaching marketing and you serve on the, on, the, uh, on the board of directors of several organizations. Talk to us about your influence out there in the corporate world as a board of director because that's a big position as well being able to take your faith out there into the boardroom. Yeah. So uh, I'm on a few boards now. So I am a trustee on the Insperity Funds Board, um, and I've been on that board now for a little over six years. Uh, I'm on the board of Insperity, which is an HR outsourcing company. I was on that board for 12 years and stepped down, and then I was invited back. So I'm back, back with my family at Insperity. Just a fantastic board. And then most recently, I was asked to join the first financial bank board, which is a big bank based in Texas. And so in all cases, you know, I can tell you that, uh, you know, as I was saying it earlier, I, I just kind of, I, the way I behave, the way I carry myself, uh, it is a witness to many. Um, but more specifically, I'll give you an example. I was at the first financial board's shareholders meeting, which was just uh, about maybe a month ago. And I was asked to lead the invocation for the meal. Nice. And I remember talking to the CEO and I said, now you, you're inviting me to give the invocation. I'm going to say Jesus. He said, please do. <laughs> Absolutely do. Mm-hmm. And I did. And there was a crowd of about 1,800 to 1,000 people, shareholders showing up for the, the annual shareholders meeting. Uh, and I was able to do that uh, at, on the Insperity Board. Uh, I'm really surrounded by other Christians, and that's that's really powerful. Uh, and uh, and you know we are very cognizant that we're an HR company, so we're open, you know, ecumenical for this, you know, uh, so to speak. But I can tell you that I still carry my faith wherever I go, and I think people can tell. You know, I would love for you to just take a moment and talk to people listening right now that may be pursuing higher education as their career path, whether they. That was their intention or not. You know, we've, yeah. we've heard your story and we never know what God's path is going to be. But that listener that is really drawn to higher education and they also love Jesus, what kind of encouragement can you give them today? Oh, to be a faculty member and a person of faith, I think it's just the best, the best combination. I am surrounded by, you know, very enthusiastic students and faculty and staff, but students. And, you know, I've always said my mission is I'm in the business of transforming lives, mm-hmm. right? And I've had that mission for many, many years. It's on my LinkedIn profile, Eli Jones, PhD. I've got, I'm in the business of transforming lives. And so to be a faculty member where we are transforming lives, we do believe in transformational leadership. We do believe in taking people <clears throat> like first gens and taking them through a curriculum and then letting them go out and start their careers and be very successful and then donate back to the college, right? So that's all part of our, our whole life cycle, if you will. And so it is a perfect career for someone like myself who wants to transform lives. Uh, when I'm teaching certain subjects and I teach sales and sales leadership, particularly when I get to leadership, because I believe leading is selling. And I talk about transformational leadership. What does that mean? I talk about servant leadership and leading by example. 
and I draw on the concepts that are in the Bible. I may not go in the classroom and quote the specific scripture, but those who are listening carefully, I'm giving these students scriptures to think Excellent. about. Well, you can give a lot of scripture without giving chapter and verse, and they'll never, There's right. they'll never know. You can quote yeah. Nietzsche, and you can quote Einstein, but, you know, you quote the Bible. Oh, my word. Dr. Jones, we could talk forever, but we're out of time. But I want to thank you for taking time to be on I Work For Him today, sharing your story, run towards your Goliath, and just really sharing your life with Fern, the stories of your dad and your mom and your kids uh, chasing you all over the country. <laughs> Eli Jones, thank you so much for being on I Work For Him today. Thank you for the invitation. Really enjoyed our time. Make sure you check them out online, elijones.com, elijones.com. If you want a copy of the book, call the listener line, 866-713-9675. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I work for him. Did you know that God has a calling on your life? It's true. He's called you to bring Jesus to the world. For some, that may look like a pulpit or a foreign mission field, but for most of us, it looks like a construction site, a cubicle, a hospital, or a classroom. Wherever it is that you work, live, volunteer, and invest, that is your mission field. To learn more about integrating your faith into your work and retirement, check out our books, I Work For Him, She Works For Him, and I Retire For Him by going to iworkforhim.com slash bookstore. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit iWorkForHim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at iWorkForHim to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at iWorkForHim and online iWorkForHim.com. I work the number for him.com.